This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. So what day is it? Columbus Day. Time to celebrate. Time to celebrate. How do you want to celebrate? An extra long Columbus Day weekend. So Columbus Day. We don't really celebrate Columbus Day. I learned the true meaning of Columbus Day. But instead of Columbus Day, it will be for Native Americans. Happy Native American Day. Let the show begin. 54 degrees in downtown Boise. It is Monday morning, 6.06. It is uh, either Columbus Day or uh, Native American Day. Or Indigenous, so, Indigenous People Day. Day. Uh, celebrate however you want. Uh, or a three-day weekend for you know, some of you. You know what it is in Canada? Uh, Monday? It's Thanksgiving. Oh. <laughs> they have their Thanksgiving in early October instead of uh, late November. Okay. So I like their celebration better than ours because it's got better food. Yeah. I moved one year that we should uh, celebrate both the Canadian and the American Thanksgiving because I like Thanksgiving, but... It, Nobody else. Nobody wanted else to. wanted that. Yeah. Uh, I remember. I mean, working in this building, uh, we used to get Columbus Day off, which I thought was the weirdest yeah. thing ever. But I think, it, I think if you have a uh, a government job, including state jobs, you get Columbus Day off. Yeah, yeah. There are uh, quite a few people who will get the day, but there's you know a lot of people who don't get the day off. Uh, yeah. The only reason that we did when we worked here uh, is because of a rule that if uh, any part of your company got a vacation... You all did. Everybody must be given that same vacation day, so that's why uh, uh, we get, we got it. I, I miss those days. <laughs> not, not because I'm a big celebrator of a, Columbus Day, but because I really enjoy having three-day weekends. That was also a different company, wasn't it? Yes, it, yeah. it, I, I think it might have been three same, or four companies ago. <laughs> same building, <laughs> Same building and actually same FM signal, as I recall. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, today is also uh, Bronco Monday. So a couple of things to note. Number one, we have our play of the game that is coming up here during Bronco Monday with Bob Beeler. That happens mm-hmm. every Monday after a game at about uh, 8.55. So if you listen in to the play of the game, post-game, then you know what it is. If not, you you can try and guess it if you yeah. if you want. I wouldn't be able to at least my first two or three guesses. I, I know what it is. Yeah, and yes, very sensible, very important play. But it's not what I would have guessed to, yeah. to begin with. Man, it, it's interesting, um, and, and I know I shouldn't, but I did because I was disgusted and wanted something else to do on mm-hmm. Saturday night as I was watching the game. So you know, I turned to social media to see what everybody is saying. Um, it's interesting to see so how many I. people wanted Avalos fired at halftime. Uh-huh. They want him at halftime. They wanted him fired at halftime, and they want they wanted uh, Taylor Green benched because he is by far not the best quarterback on the team. Um, now, mm-hmm. apparently, uh, those people were eating a lot of crow in the uh, second half. And well, those are called fair weather fans, and uh, their the, the, their whole point of. Uh, View is on what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. As in, like the last ten minutes. I mean, and to give you an idea, they do not win that game without Taylor Green. No, they, they also don't win that game without Madsen. I mean, both of the quarterbacks in that two quarterback system for the first game that was a huge success. Um, they both played fantastic. The coaching, by the way, I thought the coaching was great. I know they were blaming 
somehow blaming Avalos for Genty fumbling it twice and Madsen throwing the interception, which was a horrible interception. Uh, one of Genty's fumbles was bad. One of them, though, was just a great play by the defense that just took the ball away oh, yeah. from Genty. I mean, I mean, he was holding I, on to the did, ball with both arms. Did not blame him for that at all. He was trying to secure it as well as he could, and they just ripped it out of his arms. And, and I and that happens. Yeah, uh, that's. I mean, that one. Okay, the other the other two turnovers are not great, and those three turnovers, by the way, led to twenty one points. Exactly. So if you take away those maybe turnovers, it's, maybe it's thirty five to six without those turnovers. Yeah, it's probably not even a close game, and you can't lay those turnovers on the coach because you you hand the ball off. The other thing that I thought was awesome because uh, after that second fumble, Jenny did get benched for a time. And you saw the second and third running backs come in and just march it down the field and push it into the end zone, mm-hmm. including uh, Tyler Crow, um, their third string quarterback, who did it looked great, um, you know, filling in. And then after halftime, of course, Genty was brought back and he looked fabulous in the second half and hung on to the ball. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. Um, and and then and then the crazy part was, you know. Afterwards, you sit there and watch. Well, they won, but this is a really crappy team. They barely beat. And it's like, mm, first yeah. of all, barely beat. No, um, you know, fourth quarter they were, you know, definitely in control. And this you is know, also a decent team. This is not. I know they're one and four, but go look who they played. They haven't played Portland State. They haven't right. played Sac State. You know, to get there, they they have one of the top fifteen toughest schedules in, in the nation. Boise State does no. San Jose State. Oh, San Jose, San Jose State has one, oh. a tougher schedule than Boise State has. I didn't had even so know that. Yeah. Um, so, and this is the same. T- I mean, same quarterback. That's a great quarterback. Gosh, he has an arm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he lost a couple of uh, really good receivers yeah. last year. So. Well, I think that, and that team was kind of gassed by the second uh, half. Uh, I thought San so Jose too. State was. Yeah. And part of that probably was because they had the ball three fourths of the time in the first half. I don't know what happened. By the way, at halftime how much screaming and yelling was done at the defense, but wow, they you came out. That was a completely I, looking defense in the I, second half. I, I felt like Boise State uh, never lost their confidence the whole game. Well, because when it was 27-7, uh, you know, I was just watching on TV, but I saw the guys on the sideline, and some of them were smiling and joking around and, and doing fine, like, uh, you know, this is no problem. We'll, we'll, we'll overcome Nobody panicked. This. Coaches no, weren't panicking. Not at all. Players didn't panic. Um, and they didn't get out of what their game plan. You could tell the game plan. Yeah. They stuck with their game plan, rushing the ball. Um, you know, th- what they did with the two quarterback system, I absolutely loved because in obvious passing downs, when Madsen came in, he ran the ball and ended up getting a lot of yardage uh, yeah. running the ball because they were expecting a pass. And when Taylor Green came in on obvious running downs, he would pass the ball and pick up some really big first downs passing it. Th- I thought the coaches did a really good job my, um, for the whole game, not just uh, even though it was frustrating to watch the first half. My wife, as you know, is uh, an announcer on this station. She does news and traffic and her name is Debbie McAllister. And so she has decided now that uh, the McAllister, uh, that is a wide receiver for Boise State, is her long-lost son. Adopted son. <laughs> because every time, every time he did anything good, which, by the way, was several times in the game, uh, she'd say, there's my son, there he is. Tell everyone that's my son. I, 
I would say that's weird, um, except for the fact, and he doesn't have the same last name, but my wife adopted Kellen Moore when he was playing. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, he doesn't know that, but my wife's like, hey, my son's doing well, well today. McAllister doesn't know that uh, <laughs> Debbie's his long-lost at least, mother. At yeah. least they have the same last name, Probably though. Probably neither like does his actual mother. Moore, Casper, that doesn't even come close. Well, they spell McAllister different, but that's okay. Well, uh, talk more about this. Uh, once again, Bronco Monday, Bob Beeler will be in with us. Um, also, don't forget, as I mentioned, we have the play of the game coming up. Bonefish Grill. We'll give away a $50 gift certificate to Bonefish Grill. Uh, also, uh, good news and bad news today. Um, bad news is that uh, you didn't win the Powerball jackpot on Saturday night. Dang it. You are right. The good news is nobody won the Powerball jackpot on Saturday night. So what does that mean? Uh, we go from a pie-popping $1.4 billion jackpot on Saturday night to approximately $1.6 billion for tonight's draw. How, how cool is that, that uh, in, in, two day, or in two days, if nobody wins it, it goes up about $200 million? Mm-hmm. They uh, did have... 12 $1 million winners and two $2 million winners. Um, so none of those are in Idaho either, so that's kind of bad news. Uh, but the good news, like I said, another drawing tonight, another chance to pick up a whole bunch of money. Uh, by the way, this is the second time in a row that uh, Powerball has reached over a billion dollars. That's never happened before, that they've had two back-to-back drawings that have gone no, uh, right. to over a billion dollars. So uh, we'll talk about that also uh, on the way for you this morning. Um, the United States will look like, uh, for all intents and purposes, be involved in a second war as Israel was attacked mm-hmm. by Hamas over and, the weekend. And we have uh, moved our carrier strike group uh, into the area. Mm-hmm. So we've already got uh, to you know to be intimidating military there. Um, we'll find out how much military support will be going. It will will it be additional support or will there be money taken away from Ukraine? Um, we don't know as of yet because there's no speaker of the house, so no no business can be done. Hopefully, we'll have a speaker by tomorrow. Uh, they come back from vacation uh, today, and we'll start discussing who that speaker might be quite a few people have thrown their uh hats in the ring to be picked those are some of the things we're talking my, about this morning phone lines my open. favorite are bows <laughs> you can also uh email us chris at kboi.com mike at kboi.com uh and uh, it's time for our first check on sports this morning brought to you by pork belly and cuna the place to go if you want not just a delicious breakfast lots of food great place to meet your friends or make new friends get into pork belly and cuna today they open up in 45 minutes boise state women's tennis graduate student joanna baptista won the singles championship sunday at the beach tennis fall tournament in long beach california Baptista defeated Rona Cook of tournament host Long Beach State, 6-1-6-1 in the final of the top flight, or what they call the black draw. In a lower flight, the white draw, Broncos junior Bhakti Shah placed third, and in the gray draw, freshman Ella Peron finished fourth. Uh, Baptista also earned two doubles victories over the weekend, her 62nd and 63rd, moving her into 15th place all-time at Boise State, just ahead of Bronco assistant coach Megan Lalone. Next up for Boise State is the five-day Intercollegiate Tennis Association Mountain Region Championships beginning October 18th in Salt Lake City.
Monday Night Football tonight is on ABC at 6 p.m. It's the Green Bay Packers at the Las Vegas Raiders. On Sunday, Jacksonville topped Buffalo 25-20 in London. Travis Etienne rushed for 136 yards and two touchdowns for the Jaguars and uh, did not start himself in fantasy football, he said after the game. Uh, Jared Goff threw three touchdown passes as Detroit beat winless Carolina 42-24. The Saints shut out the Patriots 34-0 in Foxborough. It was the second worst loss in New England history. In 1972, they lost 52-0 to eventual Super Bowl champion Miami. Patriots head coach Bill Belichick came into the game one game short of 300 wins in his career, and he still is. In five games this season, New England has yet to score more than 20 points. Zach Moss rushed for 165 yards and two touchdowns to lead the Colts past Tennessee 23-16. Cincinnati beat the Cardinals 34-20 as Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase hooked up on three touchdown passes. And the Eagles and 49ers are both 5-0. and Philadelphia beat the Rams 23-14, and the 49ers dominated Dallas 42-10 as tight end George Kittle scored three times. And running back Christian McCaffrey scored a touchdown in his 14th consecutive game. That ties him with Emmett Smith for fourth place all-time. Lenny Moore of the Baltimore Colts scored in 17 straight games in the 1963 and 64 seasons at sports. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 625, no home game this week. However, um, this begins a uh, stretch of really tough games in the uh, Mountain West. You've got uh, Boise State Broncos traveling to Fort Collins. Can Boise State remain undefeated against the Colorado State Rams? They have never lost to Colorado State ever. They've had some close calls. Yeah, that's <laughs> they've had true. a game. They've had a game or two where they should have lost and ended up pulling it out. That overtime what was that double double overtime game uh, a few years ago comes to mind. Had it um, all the way. Yeah. This is this is a team um uh once again on the road. Uh it happens 2:30 pre-game with Bob Beeler and Pete Cavender at 6:30 the game is a kickoff uh, rather uh Pete Cavender and Pete and Bob Beeler with pre-game at 6:30 kickoff 7:45. Uh you can listen to it uh, live here across all of our networks once again coming up this coming Saturday night, and then you then you get a week off, which they really need right now to maybe get some of those players that have been uh, hurt, some of their good players, maybe the best player on defense and one of their top offensive player in Shram and Halani. Maybe you can get them back after uh, the bye week, and then you've got two important games. Wyoming looks good. Mm. Wow. Yeah, considering. Uh they uh, were single-handedly uh, responsible for knocking the entire Mountain West out of the top 25 this week. <laughs> yeah, they beat Fresno State, and uh, their their head coach, you, you think about the teams that they played, because they had the team you know that has a quarterback in the NFL right now that beat Boise State. Um, their head yeah. coach says he thinks this is the best team he's ever had at Better Wyoming. Better than when Josh Allen was there. Better than when Josh Allen is here. That's saying something, right? You bet. Yeah. So uh, they play Wyoming, and then the week after that, the team Wyoming beat Fresno State. So they got a uh, stretch of games coming up here, Colorado State, Wyoming, and Fresno State over a uh, four-week period with an off week in there next week. Uh, that's just going to be brutal. Uh, coming up here for you this morning, Freedom Brew Fest is going on this coming 
Saturday, uh, and that's going to be going on at Indian Creek. I'm going to be the uh, host, MC, uh, on stage. You're invited to come join me for the party, uh, 1 to 6, Indian Creek Plaza. We're going to help you out, too. We're going to give you free tickets coming up this morning. Chance to text in and win those. The tickets are uh, valued at 70 Dollars, And if you want to get your tickets, uh, by the way, you can get those in advance also. And those tickets are available online at uh, Freedom Brew Fest on Facebook or FreedomBrewFest.com. Um, and 100% of the proceeds uh, go for various charities uh, there in uh, Canyon County, including veterans charities. So once again, we'll have a chance for you to text and win. That'll be coming up here later. We'll give you all the details coming up. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. What can you report at this stage? Yumna, please take cover. If you are in a position to do so safely, you can explain to us what we're happening. If you are not in a position to do so safely, yes. then please get to safety. No, it's okay. Um, this is a missile attack on, on Palestine Tower, right in the middle of Gaza City. Yumna, take a moment to breathe. Take a moment, you and your team. Take a moment to breathe, okay? We are hours into this war between Gaza and Israel, and we have just witnessed live what an Israeli air raid looks like. That was uh, the audio from an Al Jazeera reporter who was reporting when uh, the building she was in was attacked. Which, yeah. I mean, you, you could tell she was yeah, pretty you know, obvious. upset, as, as, as you well would n- probably guess. Uh, Senator Cory Booker. Uh, apparently was jogging Saturday in Jerusalem when the uh, attacks began uh, as Hamas, uh, Hamas militants moved into Israel uh, and thousands of rockets were launched. The New Jersey Democrat was advised by his chief of, chief of staff to get back into his hotel. You think? <laughs> he took cover in the hotel bomb shelter with others, including many Americans. Mm. Booker, who sits on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, arrived in Israel uh, Friday ahead of the uh, Abraham Accords summit in Tel Aviv where he was Scheduled to speak on Tuesday, um, guessing that that's probably been canceled. Um, there have been nine Americans confirmed to have been uh, killed in Israel. Um, there is also, although not confirmed, the reports that there might be possible Americans who uh, were taken into custody by Hamas. That has not been confirmed as of yet, but there have been nine Americans killed so far confirmed uh, in the attack over the weekend. If you want to weigh in with your thoughts, please feel free. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can email mike at kboi.com and chris at kboi.com. And you can also text us, 208-336-3700. It's time for another check on what's going on with sports. Once again this morning, brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuma, Cuna. Homemade sausage gravy made daily. In-house smoked pork belly and pulled pork made daily and once again on the smoker for 11 to 14 hours that's why it is so delicious so tender handmade sausage patties and a whole lot more they open up in 15 minutes pork belly and cuna boise state's women's beach volleyball team won three brackets at the alki pairs tournament in seattle over the weekend the event uses a format where there is a separate tournament each day for three days broncos 
Rory Anna Charkir and Lily Patak playing together for the first time won the C bracket of the Gold Division Saturday, topping a team from Oregon. Boise State's Ava Anderson and Addison Wolden won the B bracket of the Silver Division Saturday, defeating fellow Broncos Kaylee Mejia and Abby Wolf in the final. And Emily Garris and Summer McCann won the B bracket Bronze Division Saturday over a team from Utah. Overall, Boise State was 15 and 1 in matches against Oregon and 11 and 7 against Utah. Next for women's beach volleyball will be hosting the City of Trees Classic October 21st and 22nd. That's sports. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Kind of enjoying the uh, 70s and 80s and really nice weather that we had. Kind of uh, upset to see them go here over the next few days. Get to enjoy today, though. Same here. Yeah, 60s uh, for the rest of the uh, week. Right now in downtown Boise, 53 degrees. Phone lines are open if you want to take part in the show, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Those numbers are going to come in handy. Uh, once again, we have a chance for you to win on the Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Uh, we've got a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Bistro, which was our Friday morning KBOI sweet deal. Sold out. Quickly, once again, but you still have a chance to get one absolutely free. $50 gift certificate up for grabs for you. It is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, inviting you to check out Nampa's newest premier luxury community, Lone Star Ranch. The Autumn Home Showcase is going on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, you can enter to win raffle prices, including a $500 airline travel card to travel anywhere you want on any airline you want. That's pretty cool there. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out. Get your details and uh, how to, the maps to get there to justimagineidaho.com. Our question today, uh, what we know now as uh, coffee breaks come from a tradition that started a long, long time ago where people would get a work break at 11 a.m. every day. Now, during that break, instead of coffee, when the break happened, uh, people drank something else. So our question today, instead of coffee, when what we know today is the coffee break first began, what did those people, when they took a break, actually drink? It wasn't coffee. (laughs) If you know the answer, stick around after 8. Be ready to call at 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, and we'll give you a uh, chance to win that $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Bistro. Also on the way for you this morning, a little later, Freedom Brew Fest uh, going on this Saturday, uh, Indian Creek. Free passes for sampling of over 30 different brews can be up for yours. We'll give away that pair of tickets later this morning. We'll tell you how to win. Stick around. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 707, 53 degrees in downtown Boise. Enjoy the warmer temperature today. Uh, You heard it's going to be quite a change over the next few days. I guess we expect it. It is fall. Man, it is absolutely gorgeous out there. Uh, throughout the Treasure Valley. I don't know if there are too many places more beautiful than uh, Idaho in the fall, and it's my favorite part of the season just because right now the leaves are changing. The leaves are 
are still in the trees, just beautiful colors. You have great, consistent weather uh, like you saw this weekend. I uh, hope you got a chance to get out and enjoy it. Um, and thank you, by the way, uh, congratulations and thank you to uh, everybody who showed up at the Boise State game. Second largest amount of crowd in history to watch the BSU game. That was the second biggest crowd ever. Really? Um, yeah, and that's strange, you know, because the team starts out two and three, and they're playing San Jose State, who's not a huge draw, and yet it's a great game. Obviously, second half uh, was what I meant. And, <laughs> uh, it, it just it's it's weird to me that you know with that kind of conditions. Uh, or those kind of factors that that many people would show up. Now, but, but it's great. It was homecoming, so true, true. I, and that that did help out. But uh, Boise State, I mean, this is this is a trend this year. Boise State has not drawn less than thirty five thousand fans. They're they're that's averaging nice. about thirty six thousand fans. Yeah, so, um, and, and th- that was one of the things that uh, Avalos thanked the crowd for coming out because it said it makes a big difference. I was surprised. You know, a couple of weeks ago we played at a major market, San Diego, and they got about nineteen thousand. <laughs> yeah, because their stadium was about half empty. As it turns out, there's other stuff to do in San Diego. <laughs> Um, the LED lights to me, and I, I haven't gone to the game, but just watching them, our producer um, has it went to his. Is this your first game that you went to this weekend? So Derek went to his first game. Yeah, great. Uh, the LED lights were worth every penny. It, it, getting to see, I hadn't seen this before, and it, it's pretty cool. I don't know if other um, stadiums do this, but. First of all, you have to have a stadium that has LED lighting because if you turn off the lights, it takes 10 to 15 minutes Mm -hmm. to come back on like we knew before. Uh, That's why this year is the first time they – but they turn off the lights and then um, they have everybody in the stadium turn on their phones, Mm -hmm. light up their phones, and then they do the wave with lit up phones. Look, That looks so cool. See, I can just imagine, you know, some 80-year-old guy – headed down the stairs at that very moment. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, the There's place the goes light. completely black. <laughs> What's that noise? Uh, ignore it. Yeah. I, and I think, I mean, one big change that we saw a few years ago, and I think you're starting to see more and more of that, was when they started selling alcohol in the stadium. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. Uh, I think you get more people in the stadium because there's a lot of people that would show up you know, for for the game yeah, they and the tailgate, and not not going to the game because they can't get alcohol inside the stadium. Of course, they pronounce it stadium, stadium. Um, so anyway, Bronco Sharp, huge huge crowd. We'll see if that continues through the uh, rest of the year. And don't forget, we've got our play of the game coming up here. Uh, we'll do that at about eight fifty five, as we always do during Bronco Monday. If you know what the play of the game was, uh, it's the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. We've got a fifty dollars gift certificate to Bonefish Grill for you. Once again, first person to get the play of the game correct will get that gift certificate, and that will be coming up once again this morning at about eight fifty five. Um, some emails uh, in to get to. Um, I'm going to talk about this again. Chris and Mike, um, listen to your show on Friday, and this is why you need a moderate on your show. Your Friday show made fun of the 20-mile border wall Biden is building in Texas. You failed to disclose that the money was appropriated by Trump in 2019. No, we didn't. No, we, we said talked that. about that extensively. We, 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 in fact, said that the, uh, the president said that uh, the money – basically is uh, there only for one reason and if we don't use it then we basically waste it mm-hmm. yeah it, it it just gets unused 
which is a weird thing to which, but say. it's it's still weird because he's opposed to the idea of a border wall and yet hey money's out there mm-hmm. we might as well build you know a few more miles of it you inferred that biden was doing this as a pr stunt it no. sounds more like a bureaucracy the, issue money's appropriated in 2019 you inferred it we, i we, I said, we, we implied it yeah i i inferred it I, it was my opinion that it was nothing more than a pr stunt to help with the campaign because he has about uh 19 percent uh, positive response in polling to his actions at controlling the border. 19% is not good. Um, Biden clarified that he thinks the border wall doesn't discourage immigrants from crossing. I'd like to hear a small portion of factual dialogue of information on your show. Here's what you do, and there's no name on this. Uh, you want to hear the, the factual dialogue of information on, on our show instead of just picking and choosing what you thought the context was? Go listen to the podcast from Friday, and you can hear all the actual information that we gave out. Factual information. Biden was asked if he thought building the 20 miles of border wall, which is a very small portion, um, would work. He had a one-word answer to that. He said no. So if he doesn't think it's going to work, why would you build it? Oh, well, because he has to use that money on the border wall. If he's no, he has to use that money on the border wall if he's going to use it. He doesn't have to use it. Nobody has a gun to his head. There's no law in Congress that says you must use this money. And this was just a portion of the stupidity of what's been going on with that border wall for However, the for the last year or two. I, I believe there is a law that says once money has been allocated to something, it can't just suddenly be moved over to a different category. No, and that's what we said. Right. He said the only way that that can happen, and, and that's the law, that's the way it should be, that's the way it should also be with, you know, uh, changing money around when it comes to, for as he calls it, forgiving um, student loan debt, it, it should be approved by Congress. And he, I think, was going to think he could do the same thing that he did with this money that he did uh, in allocating the money to uh, stop the uh, student loan paybacks, uh, but he wasn't able to do that. Um, this is this is also just a portion of the stupidity of this over the last two years. Give them, uh, give the states, New Mexico, Texas, or Arizona, or California. This is outrageous what's going on. The Biden administration inherited around $260 million worth of border construction materials from the Trump administration. They immediately put it in storage on day one when Joe Biden said he wasn't going to build the wall. They've now paid $300 million to store it for two years, more than the cost of the material themselves. But as soon as Senate Republicans began poking around and asking questions about it earlier this year, the administration began to sell these materials for less than two cents on the dollar. And as the chaos continues at our nation's border, President Biden has been selling off parts of Trump's unfinished border wall. This is an apparent bid to thwart new GOP legislation, which calls for the federal government to either use the material or give them uh, give the states New Mexico, Texas or Arizona or California. So once again, you, you have all this money that was allocated. It has to be used on the border wall. However, over the last two years, there, there's what well, you heard there, over $300 million was uh, spent wow, to store it. Almost as much as uh, I paid over a two-year period. <laughs> the $300 million, by the way, is more than the wall was worth. 
And then, as you heard uh, earlier this year, uh, under criticism, they started secretly selling off, auctioning off those border wall parts uh, on cents on the dollar. And now they've announced that they have to build the wall. Now they have to start over from scratch and pay either buy back all the stuff that they sold off or if they can get the people to uh, sell it off to back to them at the same price, which you're never going to do uh, because they're going to want a profit on it. it. It's it's just ridiculous for crying out loud. Uh, and that's, I'm not saying that the border wall works or don't works. I don't, I don't care one way or the other, but the waste of money here is just spectacular. Let's get a check on uh, what's going on with sports uh, once again. Brought to you by Pork Belly and CUNA. They are open as they are seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Get in for lunch or breakfast. Don't forget, they serve lunch the entire time they're open. Uh, They also serve breakfast the entire time they're open. There are two Major League Baseball playoff games today, both in the National League Division Series. Philadelphia has a 1-0 lead over the Braves. The two teams will play in Atlanta at 4 o'clock Mountain Time. And the Diamondbacks lead the Dodgers one game to none. They'll play at Dodger Stadium at 7 o'clock. Both games will be televised on TBS. Sunday in the American League Division Series, Texas took a two-games-to-none lead over the Orioles in their best-of-five series with an 11-8 win at Camden Yards. And the Twins even their series at one game apiece with the Astros winning 6-2 in Houston. The Boise State women's soccer team defeated conference rival New Mexico for the first time in four years Sunday with a 2-1 win in Albuquerque. Bronco junior forward Kenzie McMillan scored in the eighth minute with assists from junior forward Carly Cross and senior midfielder Morgan Padour. In the 52nd minute, sophomore midfielder Taryn Newkirk scored her first goal as a Bronco with assists from fifth-year defender Peyton McBride and junior defender Eva Vale. Senior goalkeeper Genevieve Crenshaw recorded eight saves. Head coach Jim Thomas now has 109 wins at Boise State, only two away from tying the school's all-time coaching wins record. Coming up, the Broncos will host San Jose State Thursday and Fresno State Sunday at the Boaz Soccer Complex at Sports. Casper and Chris on iHeartRadio app. We are News Talk KBOI. Down 135 points. Uh, oil prices are up. Uh, defense contractor stocks are surging. What in the world would uh, be the cause for those two things to happen today? Yeah, certainly the events over the over the weekend, and you know, largely looking at the price of oil, looking at Brent crude, which is the global standard, rose four percent. We're looking at almost eighty eight dollars a barrel. However, prices still remain below the levels of $90 a barrel that were reached last week. And we saw a significant pullback around concerns of, you know, kind of slowing things slowing down, at least as far as worldwide on the economic standpoint, even though you had OPEC calling for for supply cuts. and But investors around oil were keeping a uh, close eye and that volatility was continuing. And that certainly adjusted course to the other side over the weekend. Now, what's interesting is, you know, Israel and Palestine, they're not major oil players, but this conflict clearly sits in the oil producing region. So traders are going to watch very closely how this conflict is going to potentially affect production, transportation, um, but again, it's really going to come down to, does this, does this conflict escalate? Does this set off a chain reaction to, to further parts in the Middle East yet to be seen? So we're clearly seeing that bump in oil, which is certainly affecting the price of oil producers, oil, you know, like Exxon, Chevron are both up more than 2%. Occidental is up more than 3%. So those are certainly getting a lift. And like you mentioned on the defense contract side, 
Uh, not really a surprise. You see Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, General Dynamics, all all of the outperformers uh, thus far in er- early morning trading. Now, whether that'll stick, you know, it's really going to going to come down to more news. How long is this conflict? going to be drug out. But for now, it is certainly affecting those specific sectors, those specific asset classes. And I think we're going to see that throughout the week. What's really interesting, though, is the bond. I mean, today is Columbus Day and the bond market is closed, interestingly enough. So one of the main drivers of volatility that we've seen over the past few weeks with the uh, short-term, mid-term treasury, like the 10-year treasury yield, and the yields rising, we're not going to see that volatility today because the bond market is closed. Which is, that, might... is that weird if bond market's closed on Columbus Day, but the stock market is open? Yeah, <laughs> in my opinion, it is, it is a little odd how there's that disconnect between one market being closed and the other one is open. Um, and honestly, I don't know the exact reason why, why the bond market is actually closed today in observance of that holiday. Yeah, and the apparently better negotiators open. when it comes to their contract. <laughs> I guess if you're a bond trader, you're probably pretty happy right now sleeping yeah. in. But All right. But, uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, looks like we'll get updates from you. But as of right now, uh, four minutes ahead of the opening, everything is going to be down. Uh, gold's up a little bit, though. Um, crude oil is up, as we just mentioned. But uh, everything in the stock market is down. And then we'll uh, talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Attention all you alien hunters and UFO spotters. There is a now a million dollar bounty for video of extraterrestrial activity. The home security company Ring says it will, it will pay a million dollars to someone who captures scientific evidence of a quote, real extraterrestrial life form on one of their surveillance cameras. <laughs> You're probably wondering how they'll determine real from fakes, right? Of course. The company says a scientific expert will review all submissions. You must submit footage by November 3rd before midnight. Well, she was tickled by that, wasn't she? (laughs) But how fun would this be if this silly, stupid marketing stunt broke the biggest news story of all time? (laughs) Oh, it'd be a lot of fun. Ring is offering, you heard it right, one million dollars if your doorbell camera catches actual footage of an alien we're not talking illegal aliens from across our southern border we're talking real aliens from across our border of space when are you gonna get a job i have a job what do you think i do every night i don't know this is called i'm I'm looking for extraterrestrials million dollars search for extraterrestrials you have just until november 3rd to submit and it doesn't have to be high-def footage of E.T. waving at the camera, just unusual, extraordinary, or unexplainable behavior. But it has to be indisputable indisputable evidence. Unexplainable and yet indisputable? Yeah, that aliens are here. If someone does send in legit footage of an alien, they'll get $50,000 a year for the next two decades. But if you fake anything or use CGI, you're disqualified for the million dollars. However... You can still win money. Fake stuff is allowed for a different contest that they're doing. They're giving out $500 Amazon gift cards for the most creative submissions that don't qualify for the million-dollar prize. So <laughs> even, if, even if they don't find actual evidence of uh, extraterrestrial, you can submit your video, and if it's really good, 
you can get a $500 Amazon gift card. And by the way, in that contest, costumes and props are allowed, but it has to be filmed on, on your ring camera. You know what I want to do is just film some guy walking down the street and like stopping and look at, looking at me funny and then hurrying along. And, and the only thing different about him and anybody else is he'll be wearing a sweatshirt that says Saturn University. <laughs> Remember, though, it has to be filmed on your ring. Can't just film it on your phone. Got to be on your ring camera. Million dollar search oh, for I'm extraterrestrials. I'm already out. I don't have a ring camera. You know, I see. I do, but now, now I don't check it very often. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to be checking it just mm. to see if it records any. The, the strangest thing I've ever had recorded was some dude. And when I say dude, I mean it was a grown man riding his bicycle up to our front door and using our water holes to get a drink at like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> he had to turn it on. Yeah. And get a drink. And, and then, I'm, I'm like, and like I said, he was a grown man. He looked like he was yeah. in his 30s or so riding a bicycle at two o'clock. I didn't recognize him. I don't know if it was a neighbor or what he was doing. That's the strangest thing I got. I don't think that's going to get me any money, though, unfortunately. Well, it's just like an alien to uh, get thirsty at two in the morning. <laughs> KBOI News Time 745, uh, 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to uh, uh, weigh in with your thoughts, please feel free. Time for a final check on what's going on with sports. Once again, this morning, it's brought to you by, once again, Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go. Breakfast all the time that they're open. So if you, if you think you're going to get shut off at breakfast at noon and you really want some bacon and eggs or some biscuits and gravy, don't worry. They serve breakfast up until 2 o'clock every day, seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday Night Football tonight is on ABC at 6 p.m. It's the Green Bay Packers at the Las Vegas Raiders. On Sunday, Jacksonville topped Buffalo 25-20 in London. Travis Etienne rushed for 136 yards and two touchdowns for the Jaguars. Jared Goff threw three touchdown passes as Detroit beat winless Carolina 42-24. The Saints shut out the Patriots 34-0 in Foxborough. It was the second-worst loss in New England history. In 1972, they lost 52-0 to eventual Super Bowl champion Miami. Patriots head coach Bill Belichick came into the game one game short of 300 wins in his career, and he still is. In five games this season, New England has yet to score more than 20 points. Zach Moss rushed for 165 yards and two touchdowns to lead the Colts past Tennessee 23-16. Cincinnati beat the Cardinals 34-20 as Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase hooked up on three touchdown passes. And the Eagles and 49ers are both 5-0. Philadelphia beat the Rams 23-14. And the 49ers dominated Dallas 42-10 as tight end George Kittle scored three times. And running back Christian McCaffrey scored a touchdown in his 14th consecutive game. That ties him with Emmett Smith for fourth place all time. Lenny Moore of the Baltimore Colts scored in 17 straight games in 1963-64. That's sports. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, as we said uh, earlier, some uh, bad news and good news. The bad news was you didn't win the uh, Powerball on Saturday night. The good news is nobody won, so there will be a drawing tonight that will be worth $1.6 billion, approximately $1.6 billion. Fourth largest uh, jackpot in history, by the way. 
So based on the fact that it's going up about $200 million, if we don't have a winner tonight, it could be up to about one point eight. Billion dollars uh, on our next drawing on Wednesday. Humphrey Bogart said, the stuff that dreams are made of. By the way, if you are able to uh, win, you might be able to afford gasoline for your car. Uh, however, gas prices are, are dropping. I know you don't pay as close attention as I do because um, you're usually uh, just in the car. I'm, I'm being chauffeured around. Yep. Yes. Uh, and uh, gas prices, I noticed over the weekend from the time I saw them and I filled up on Friday, I wish I had waited. Um, filled up on Friday when uh, gas prices were four dollar and nine cents a gallon. Dropped ten cents over the weekend right. at the gas same gas station. That I filled up three ninety nine this morning. Point nine. Yeah. So basically four four dollars a gallon. Yeah. Um, and they're falling across the United States too. The declines are starting to be meaningful, according to data from the American Automobile Association (AAA). In a few places, Georgia and elsewhere, pump prices have fallen below three dollars a gallon. Really? We're a dollar more expensive than that. But yeah. if, if you do have places below $3, that's probably coming. But the Treasure Valley, Idaho, always lags two to three weeks behind, whether right. it's going up or going down. So we, we should be able to see... Almost no matter what the subject. this uh, coming soon. Um, now, we don't know how long this trend is going to continue Saudi Arabia and Russia, as we've told you, still want to keep prices high. I've been pulling crude uh, oil off the global markets, um, but it's not going to be clear yet how um, the crude oil prices are going to be affected on the global market with what has happened over the weekend in Israel and Palestinian uh, insurgents starting a war there over the weekend. You know what's funny? I've, I've read about eight different uh, stories about money this morning, about you know the markets and things like that. Every story mentioned the fact that a war has just started in Israel. Yeah. So nobody knows how that is going to affect. A lot of it's going to depend on how long, of course, this war lasts. And it is officially a war. Israel did did declare war. Against um, Hamas, anyway. uh, Yeah, against uh, Hamas after they were uh, bombed. Um, Average gas price in Boise, 408 a gallon. Now, that's the average. Once again, I told you I found a place for uh, less than $4. you can find prices right now below $4 a gallon. Lowest price as of this morning, $3.79 uh, at Costco's. But, of course, it's a little more expensive than that because you have to purchase a membership to get that price. Albertsons on Apple Street. I don't know why they are so low. But Apple, Albertsons on Apple is, is always the lowest gas in the Treasure Valley, and it's three dollars and eighty-one cents a gallon. Which is weird because that's not exactly the poorest neighborhood no, in the valley. No, it's East Boise, and I'm, I'm at three eighty-one. You know, you're talking twenty cents a gallon cheaper, almost than than I can get it where I usually. It, it's almost worth driving the extra and wasting the extra gas <laughs> to get it, isn't it? It's almost, 20 cents a gallon less. It's almost worth wasting my time to go get some. And it's weird that Albertsons, I mean, they have a lot of places that sell gas at Albertsons. So you would think that maybe all Albertsons would be tied in and selling for the same price, but they don't. It's for some reason um, that Albertsons on Apple is uh, cheaper than any place else usually in the Treasure Valley. And maybe it's just because they're closer to Utah. What, several feet closer? <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, it's just weird. I'm not, I'm not complaining. It's great. And like I said, next time I fill up, it might be worth the, uh, 
price to uh, drive over there and uh, fill up. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We will uh, take a break here. When we come back, we've got a $50 gift certificate uh, for you, Deja Brew Bistro. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. We'll get that question if you haven't heard that to get you to start working on it. Chances for you to win coming up here in about 35 minutes. Also, later on the way this morning, Freedom Brew Fest tickets. You like beer? Uh, we've got 30 different craft brews for you to try coming up this weekend. We'll tell you how you can text and win coming up after 9 o'clock. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. The State Department is confirming at least nine Americans are among the 1,100 who died over the weekend in the bloody surprise Hamas incursion into Israel. At least 700 Israelis were killed, more than 400 in Gaza. ABC military analyst and former State Department official Steve Ganyard with more on Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's challenge if a full-scale Israeli air attack is followed by a ground assault into Gaza itself. We know that there are hostages, including women and children, inside of Gaza, so he will put them at risk if he goes into Gaza. Already this morning, we're hearing reports that Hamas says four Israelis have been killed by Israeli attacks inside uh, of Gaza. But we also know that Hamas would have anticipated that Israeli would ha- Israel would have to come into Gaza. So they will have reinforced their defenses, making that urban warfare particularly bloody. The major U.S. airlines have suspended flights into Israel, and the State Department has issued travel advisories for the region, citing the potential for terrorism and civil unrest. Sherry Preston, ABC News. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, another war, United States now involved in. You have the war in Ukraine. You have the war going on at the Gaza Strip. We have already uh, sent carrier group to that area. Don't know what military support beyond that is going to look like. House or of Representatives the, isn't can't meet right now because or if the carrier group is is there for any particular reason other than to uh, be intimidating saber rattling yeah maybe uh, my question I bring this up again because uh, I have a question and I haven't seen anybody ask this question as of yet and I I think they're eventually going to get to it after the uh, shock of what happened over the weekend but I I am still absolutely shocked by the failure of not just the Israeli intelligence community, but the United States intelligence community. How did everybody miss this? I guess they kept it quiet. They kept the uh, Russia, kept that that quiet, but we knew it was coming long before it happened. No, not this time. That's what. That's why I say, how big of a failure is this in our intelligence community? And like I said, not just Israel, Israeli intelligence. They said that they missed it. They had no idea. This was a huge surprise that this was going on, that they had the buildup, and it was a well-coordinated attack. But the United States Intelligence Committee also, uh, uh, community also tracks things like this across the world and i mean the united states didn't have any idea something like this was going to happen and usually it's hard to keep something like this a secret from everybody are you saying that uh netanyahu started this all himself so he no. could uh, take over and become a dictator no no i'm i'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying i know you're not but, but conspiracy there are, theory there are people here. on twitter slash x that are saying oh really that. Uh, that, that they think that that he yeah. started this himself because he, you know, he's just back being uh, 
prime minister now, you know, after yeah. some time. And, yeah, they, uh, they think that uh, it, he wanted to start the whole war just so he could, well, I guess, consolidate power in the entire region somehow. You know, the politics in this region, I just don't understand at all. Most of the politics in different regions, I don't understand. But, uh, I mean, the politics for the last few hundred years, uh-huh. hard, hard to understand because it ties politics so closely together with religion. It basically comes down to, this is ours. No, it's ours. All right, we're at war. I still wonder, and, and it's going to be interesting to see, um, over the next week or two, um, what the intelligence community has to say. If, if there were things that they saw and just ignored because they didn't think that they were real, or if they really were, because somebody that's able to keep something like this under wraps and nobody else knows about, in this day and age, with the technology that comes with intelligence uh, recovery and keeping an eye on places throughout the world is pretty amazing if this was indeed something that was kept secret this this well or if we had ideas that what is going to happen and just ignored maybe some of the warning signs the red flags maybe i don't have an answer i'm just throwing that out there it just seems weird in this day and age um to have a, a complete breakdown in intelligence gathering over something that was this big not saying there's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Uh, by the way, nine Americans have been uh, confirmed killed in the attack. Um, I had a, uh, a a buddy. Matter of fact, I played golf with him. He was talking all about this on uh, before I even knew about it when we were playing golf on Saturday morning. Um, he has a sister who lives in Israel. Does hasn't heard from her. Don't know. Doesn't know if he's if she's okay or not. And this was as of Saturday morning. Uh, there are other Americans that are there. Uh, Cory Booker was there. Senator Cory Booker was uh, there. He was uh, supposed to give a speech uh, tomorrow. Um, don't think that speech is going to happen. Um, he's part of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. I think they, they already flew home, I think. Did they? Yeah. Um, he was uh, there ahead of the Abraham Accords Summit in Tel Aviv. Um, there's also a word, no confirmation as of yet, that there may be Americans who have been taken prisoner. By Hamas, um, that no confirmation, uh, by the way, on that as of right now. There was a, a music festival. Oh yeah, that's horrible. Going on outside of Gaza, and uh, they just showed up and basically massacred everybody, and then also kidnapped a few from there. Two hundred sixty people who were at that music festival confirmed dead. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. I know this is fairly new for a lot of you uh, and for us, too. I mean, this just happened on Saturday, so waking up to this uh, today. But if you want to weigh in with your thoughts, you can email us right now, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. We can talk more about this coming up after 9 o'clock this morning. We'll take a break now. When we come back, we've got a chance for you to answer our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Uh, once again, we've got a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Bistro that we'll give away coming up after Bronco Sports today.
Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. A23, Casper and Chris, down to your impossible question. Uh, once again, Lone Star Ranch Autumn Home Showcase. Presented by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, uh, happening this Saturday and Sunday. Raffle prizes. You've got three amazing, beautiful homes uh, by award-winning builders. Uh, check it out. JustImagineIdaho.com for the times and details. All right. We've got Paula with the first crack at our question today. A $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Bistro. Paula, what we now all know as a coffee break actually came from a tradition a long, long time ago where people would get a work break at 11 a.m. every day. During that break, though, instead of coffee, coffee, most people drank something else. What did they drink? Alcohol. Alcohol. Uh, need a little more specific. Um, whiskey. Whiskey! Whiskey. (laughs) In the 1800s, workers were allowed to take a break. Uh, It wasn't called a coffee break back then. It was called Elevenses, where people would get a break at work from 11 a.m. to drink whiskey. You know, not everything when, that uh, happened, you know, over 200 years ago is bad. That's when management would uh, negotiate their next contract. <laughs> I, I, what do you, I have what a, do you guys think of this one? Don't, don't this you think, one. though, if that was the same case now, the UAW uh, strike would probably be over? <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Hey, congratulations, Paula. $50 Deja hey. Brew Bistro gift certificate, all yours. Hold on the line. We'll get some information. Uh, we've got Deja Brew to give away all this week. So if you didn't win this morning, don't worry. We've got more chances for you to win. Still on the way. We're not done with the winning today, even. On the way in about half an hour. If you know what the play of the game was from the most recent game, we've got the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. Uh, $50 gift certificate to Land Ocean is up for grabs for you today. Uh, if you get the correct play of the game. Now, you can guess, but the best way to do it is to listen in post game. But it's too late to do that. But if you listen in Saturday night, you know what the play of the game was. Be listening in during Bronco Monday. We'll have a chance for you to win. Bronco Monday gets into the way next, by the way. Bob Beeler will be with us. And and then after 9 o'clock, Freedom Brewfest tickets. That's going on uh, this Saturday, Indian Creek Plaza. 30 different beers on tap. You've got cider. You've got wines. 30 different breweries. Northwest Craft Breweries uh, all going to be there. Live music. You've got food. Lots of fun all going on this coming Saturday. And Caldwell will tell you how you can get those tickets. Once again, you will be texting to win coming up after 9. We'll tell you how to do that. Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler on the way next. Don't go away. This is Bronco Monday. The ball is caught for a Bronco touchdown. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and discuss the upcoming schedule. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, on your flagship for Bronco football, News Talk, KBOI. 8.36. Well, if we learned one thing this weekend, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. It's also take care of the ball and play Ooh. some defense. This wouldn't have been a close game if uh, Boise State would have uh, taken care of the ball. And I have, to, I, I have to give it to the players. I have to give it to the coaches. And I think you probably saw it on the field. Um, but you never saw, even after the third turnover, one bit of panic from the mm-hmm. players I didn't feel and from the coaches. And I, I know there was a lot of football left uh, to play, and, and they ended up scoring on all three of those 
turnovers. But you have to credit, you know, everybody. They stuck to the game plan. They didn't panic. They didn't go, oh my gosh, we got to catch up in one play. Um, and then just night and day difference, especially with the defense from mm. first half to second half. I don't know what they did different, but I hope that's the team, the defensive okay. team we see the rest of the year. Well, I'll, we'll speak about the defense first. I thought there was pass rush in the second half that I really haven't seen all season. Yeah, they got after Cordero, yeah, and Cordero's a good quarterback, he was, and he moves around. He was on the run a yeah. lot, having yeah. to throw. And, yeah. and and the one thing that that did with Cordero, and Cordero's got a great arm, he's a very good quarterback, but it, when he got frustrated, you could tell it on his face, you could tell it in his demeanor, and you could tell it in his play because he started missing passes. In The other thing that I thought, watching the, the game on the offensive side of the ball, Played our two quarterbacks, Green and Madsen. I thought both played well. The thing that impressed me the most, and this is going to be kind of a funny impression, I think. You'll say, what, what impressed you most about him? They switched him in the middle of the drives, which I think would probably be a little more difficult because you've got to run people mm-hmm. in and out in the mm-hmm. place. No procedure calls. No delay of games. Oh, I didn't even think about that. No bad snaps. Because you figure you get a different yeah, quarterback, yeah. and you might have a chance that maybe somebody doesn't, Center's not, you know, the height difference is pretty good between <laughs> Madsen and Green. Mm-hmm. But nothing that would derail what you're trying to do offensively. You know, that, I didn't even think about that. That's 100% all, all correct. All the things yeah. that, you know, to me, you get a five-yard procedure call. San Jose had, what, four of the false starts, right. which, which is just slightly, I think, over average of what is usually three and change. How, how, how much do you think that was attributed to the crowd? Because I think, the crowd was loud. I think the crowd was really into it, and I think the crowd gave the team energy, especially late in the first half. I thought that touchdown in the last minute of the first half, you know, you're looking at yeah. the game, it's 27-7. That made it a different game. You stick game. that in, it gives you confidence going into the third quarter, and even though you had to kick off, San Jose didn't score, and you get the ball back, and now all of a sudden, you know, you score three times, and you're ahead. So another another take I had on, uh, you know, using the two quarterback system, which I, I agree with you. I thought it was a huge success, and it's hard for teams to prepare for. And in proof of that, um, one of the my takeaways were, and I, I mean, the coaching has gotten a lot of criticism, and rightly rightfully so, in some places this year. But where I thought they did a fantastic job, like when they would bring in Matson in an off, uh, obvious passing down, and you could tell San Jose State was prepared for their pass because they figured that's what he was coming yeah. in for. He had two huge runs that were designed yeah. run plays. And then same thing on the opposite, when they would bring Green in on obvious running downs, he would pass it, and I, I have to give the coaches credit for that because um, that ended up being you know a huge difference in some of the drives. Yeah, they did not. It appeared that the playbook was not different for the two quarterbacks. I mean, both of them did well on the quarterback draw, as you said. Both of them completed some passes. Uh, the defense played well. Um, you know, it was a good win. I mean, again, as you say, if you shut those turnovers off, I mean, Boise State got one turnover. It was at the very end of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not to you know say you don't want a turnover, but I mean, San Jose had three turnovers that really you know helped them get out in front of the game, and um, you know another good game for for Ashton Genty after a couple of fumbles, mm-hmm. he hung in there, and then ended up you know with a with a hundred yard plus running game. So that that was another thing uh, that I was really impressed with the drive after he had fumbled and he got benched, which he, he got benched for that fumble, second fumble. Um, 
you you saw the second and third string running backs come in and they marched that ball down the field with mm-hmm. uh, Crow and uh, the freshman Dubar, Dubar mm-hmm. and didn't miss a beat and, and the offense uh, was clicking on that and I'm like okay that was impressive even though they they had benched him. Um, and then they came back, and of course, he, he seemed like he was a man on a mission in the second half. He <laughs> might have been by he, design. Yeah, you know, if you, you, he was you're probably out for upset. a series. Yes, he was probably upset. Yeah, so it was a good win, and then it'll be on to Colorado State this week, and then we get the midseason by the following mm-hmm. week. Yeah, that next stretch, three stretch of games. We talked about this this morning. Um, you've got Colorado State in Colorado State, which is always tough, even though they've never beaten us. Um, and then you come back. With Wyoming and Fresno State, um, it's a really tough three stretch. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit later about some of the Mount West, but I was surprised that uh, that Wyoming beat Fresno. I was surprised, even though they were the home team. Yeah, and uh, pretty much led throughout the whole game. So Green, well, Green by the way, has what I call uh, red zone legs. <laughs> In other words, you know, he's down there within the twenty. He can probably score. Yeah. It's a little like maybe it reminds me of Taysom Hill or Tim Tebow, one of those guys. That just can find you know where the openings are and stroll into the end zone. And he has such long strides right. too. That one yeah. that he went to the far side of the you know the, the mm-hmm. east side of the stadium, where it was kind of a busted play. He and Genty didn't you know, and then he just sort of sprints and, left and, and makes a right turn <laughs> and I love that, down the uh, sidelines. I think he just barely beat Genty in, in the high jump contest. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was impressive. They're both pretty good yeah. at that. They're both pretty good at that. That so. broken play you designed was pretty impressive <laughs> because uh, about 90% of quarterbacks would never make it anywhere close to the end zone, and he was able to gout speed all those guys mm-hmm. to the edge. So yep. I'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll hear from the uh, coach. It's Bronco Monday, KBOI News Time. It's 842. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk, KBOI. 8.45, before we get to the uh, coach here, uh, I just want to say this is not going to be play of the game. I kind of wished it would have found some way, somehow, to be play of the game. Uh, Bob Beeler calling his 200th game on Saturday. Um, Congratulations on 200 games, uh, Boise State uh, football. Uh, Heck of uh, an achievement. Um, and Bless other than you, the fact we had somebody uh, before you who probably has around close 400. to four hundred, you know, you know, just just on that, I was looking at some research. Paul Jay and I have combined for basically fifty seasons. Wow. Yeah, this is I think the fifty-first season of games from when Paul Jay started. So there's just mm-hmm. two of us, and Indiana is the only FBS school that has had one person for fifty years. So we would be second in two people calling. Mm-hmm. And there may be another school or two out there that have had two. But uh, blessed to uh, sit in the chair that he, did, that he yeah. did so well in. And 200 to me is a beautiful milestone. Yep. And, and it was a memorable game to uh, to call for number yeah. 200. Uh, Coach Avalos, first thing he wanted to talk about after the game was something you guys mentioned about the electricity in the stadium. He gave fans a lot of credit for helping the team come back. You know, for everyone that's listening in the parking lot right now, Bronco Nation, we appreciate all you guys staying in that stadium, keeping it loud all the way down to the end. I mean, it was incredibly loud in there, you know, which obviously helped our defense. We played really well in the second half, and Bronco Nation was a huge part of that. They're the 12th man. We appreciate you guys and love you guys. And, and very sincere, and, and I think that he's right. It did help. It gave the team energy to come back, especially on defense. Now, moving over to the defensive effort, San Jose State you know, did get the three turnovers in the first half, but they also had over 300 yards in offense in the first half, 
In the second half, they only had 110. Last week, third down conversions was a problem. First half, San Jose did pretty well, three out of six. But second half, San Jose only made one out of six on third down. That's how you get your team off the field, stopping people on third downs. And Coach was asked about his defensive effort. You know, it's just we're growing and we're building. Our habits aren't us yet. And when when you're making the strides we are, you know, it sometimes it just takes a reminder. We we just need to do it the way we do it. We did it this week in practice, and that's exactly what they did. They locked in on the on the fundamentals and techniques that make the scheme. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's not much more than that. The guys played with an unbelievable sense of urgency, and when you create some momentum, you know, on defense, and you start getting after the quarterback in the pocket, uh, Coach D did a good job switching up coverages. We um, we added coverages uh, when they were in 12 personnel. Uh, because they were trying to get to 12 personnel and get isolations. We obviously gave up some shots in the first half. And so I thought, you know, Coach Danielson and the rest of the defensive staff did an unbelievable job adjusting, and the players are locked into the things that really make the schemes, you know, at the end of the day. Quarterback play again. They split time. Madsen threw for 155. Green threw for 75. Green ran for 40. Madsen ran for 39. Three rushing touchdowns combined, each threw a touchdown pass. So ask him his thoughts on the two QBs. I mean, even early on in the first half, we, we, you know, we threw an interception, but, you know, we turned the ball over three times. We were moving the ball at times, and we shot ourselves in the foot. And so we could clean those things up. Those are things that are very controllable. And you know what? Um, we're going to work to do that this week. We found what it looks like for us. I'm extremely proud of both of those guys. You know, we knew this was going to need to be a team victory. All of them are. And there's not a greater example of, Two guys working as a team to do what they can to help this team win, and the two quarterbacks. I love both those guys. Our staff does, our team does, and we're just we're grateful for who they were tonight. And uh, Boise State will be facing Colorado State next late game, seven forty-five kickoff. Only the Hawaii game will start after hours this weekend. Our uh, pregame show is going to begin at one thirty, so it's going to be right after lunch. And he talked about moving forward with the game against Colorado State and the rest of the season. Well, again, this team is maturing and growing into who we're capable of becoming, and sometimes it takes that. It takes really, truly finding out, you know, when you got to climb out of the valley that we are in tonight and, and really see what we're all about, and we are able to see that. We are able to see how we played in all three phases together. And to be honest with you, how a lot of guys stepped up, and that's the exciting part. Again, can't be more proud of the coaching staff. The uh, the players, I mean, there were a lot of guys that stepped up and did some really good things tonight. I'm excited. I'm excited to keep building this thing forward. And when I looked at the game, and I know it's a different team this year than last year. Every team is a different team. But the game was so much like the San Diego State game last year. He used Green as his first start. They used Vidlak some in that game. They were down at halftime. It was 13 to nothing in that game. Storm back did not allow a point in the second half. And it was really kind of the turning point in the mm-hmm. season, winning that game against mm-hmm. San Diego State. Hopefully the win against San Jose State can be the tonic for this season. It will be nice, too, after uh, this game. We have a week off. Um, we, we, I mean, the coach doesn't talk about injuries unless they're out for the year. He hasn't mentioned Holani or Schram, so that means they're probably not out for the year. But... It would be great. I mean, th- those are two of your best players that you've missed for the majority of the season. Um, it would be great to have 
those two back on the field, hopefully either this week or the week after the rest. I don't, you know. And, and they've had good people fill in. I mean, Marco Notriani is a name that we probably would not have thought of before the start of the season. Kind He's played breakout year. Yeah. He has. And then uh, Genty probably has carried the load, uh, probably taking the carries that Halani would have had. So we filled in well, but you're right. It would be nice to have both guys back. And one um, group that we haven't mentioned, um, but again this year, usually they go, they go, you know, don't get a lot of uh, attaboys. Offensive line, I think, for the, the entire year, um, especially the mixing and matching with some of the injuries that they've had. Uh, I thought the offensive line has played way above what I expected them to play this year. And and not at the positions you thought they'd no. play. You, you know, at the beginning of the season, they were talking about Randolph at center. They were yeah. talking about Curran at guard. You know, you get two redshirt freshmen, Carrion and Casey, that have played uh, most of the game or a lot of the game yesterday. Uh, Ethan Carr, the transfer from Texas Tech, was in there instead of Casey at left tackle. So, yeah, you never know. But as a group, they've done a really, yeah. really nice job. I, I thought on the offensive side of the ball, if you said position groups, who through the first half of the season consistently has been the best, I'm taking the offensive line. And if you're saying what position group on the defensive side has played the best, I'm taking linebacker. I agree. 208-336-3700. That's the phone number you need to know coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, we will have the play of the game. We've got a $50 gift certificate to give away uh, once again to Land Ocean this morning. Uh, if you know what the play of the game was, we'll get to that uh, and take your calls on the way in just a few minutes. We'll wrap things up with Bob Beeler here coming up next. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk KBOI. 8.54, it's Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler with us talking about the most recent game, the uh, great, huge comeback, needed comeback against San Jose State that uh, keeps Boise State tied for first place in the Mountain West. Yeah, it's Air Force. Air Force at 3-0. Uh, Wyoming and Boise State at 2-0. and UNLV has 1-0, and so they haven't played nearly as many conference games yet. Got Colorado State this week. Give you the guy to watch. Pay attention to number 14, Tory Horton. His brother, Tyler, was an all-conference corner here back about, I want to say, 17, give hmm. or take. And in my opinion, he's the best receiver in the league. Colorado State is predominantly passing, 352 yards a game throwing the ball, 74 yards running. So the pass defense is going to have to be on point this week. Not so, it's, it's not surprising to me that they're a good passing team. Uh, because uh, you know their their fellow uh, team in Colorado doesn't pass at all, so they take all so they take all the passes. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe between them they'll run the ball exactly. and pass the ball fifty fifty when you add up the point, <laughs> add up the plays. Yeah, and uh, for anybody who watched uh, the Colorado Colorado State game, Colorado State should have won that game, led almost the uh, entire game mm-hmm. uh, right up until uh, you know getting into overtime. They looked really good against uh, a good Colorado team this year. Yeah, so they they have some, uh, you know, they didn't do nearly as well as past week against Utah State. They were ahead 17 to nothing. So we were behind 17 to nothing and won. They were ahead 17 to nothing and lost. The week before at Memphis, we were ahead 17 to nothing and lost. So the trick here is to get behind 17 to nothing it yeah. sounds like and then you can win the game. Yeah, I, I don't know that I want to press that luck too many times in a row. <laughs> that is crazy to see those three games yeah. 17 to nothing down and none of those teams won. And the uh the comeback Saturday was 20. They were down 27-7. That's the second largest comeback, 25-point comeback at Colorado State in 2017. That, that's one of the more exciting games that I've ever announced, an onside kick figured in that one. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was uh, definitely, I was going to say, it, it wasn't a fun game. I mean, there was so much head shaking on my end going on in that first and, and foot stomping. I wanted to throw something at the television uh, at one point. Um, but second half, just complete and utter turnaround. Um, and congratulations. And that's why you don't want to go to sleep at halftime. Yeah, exactly. Or, <laughs> or leave the stadium, as, as some people probably did. All right. Uh, once again, uh, Bob will be back tomorrow. We'll have uh, Bronco Tuesday on the way. Now is the time, as usual. Give us a call. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can guess at it if you want. You might be able to get lucky. It's happened before. But if you listened in to the postgame, you know what the play of the game was. Tell us what the play of the game was for the most recent game. We have a $50 gift certificate to Bonefish Grill, 208-336-3700. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 905, 61 degrees in downtown Boise, and it is time. After every uh, game, following Monday morning, give you a chance to uh, win free food. It's the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. And uh, this morning, we have a chance for you to get a $50 gift certificate to Bonefish Grill. And Mark, you're going to get first crack at uh, trying to uh, identify what it is. First off, my question to you is, did you listen to the post game? Yes, I did. All right. If you listen, that means uh, you're probably not just taking a guess at our play of the game, Treasure Valley Subaru playing the game. So tell us, what was the play of the game? It was the Aston Jaunty 68-yard run in the third quarter. All right, let's see if that's what it was. Green with one run for five yards. It was the first play of the game. He'll hand the ball to Genty. Genty breaking tackles. Gets outside to the 30, to the 40. It's a race. 50, 40, 30, 20. And he's down inside the 15 and down to the 12-yard line. Gain of 68 for Ashton Genty. You know, if he was any good, he probably would have scored a touchdown, but we'll take it. That is the play of the game. Congratulations, uh, Mark. Hold on the line. Just got yourself $50 gift certificate to Bonefish Grill. Another game coming up this weekend. Uh, and Mike, a- Ashton Genty on line two for you. <laughs> uh, another game this weekend, Colorado State. And listening to the post game, this will uh, be a little bit later uh, this coming Saturday. So once again, listening to the post game. And listen for that play of the game. We'll have another chance for you to get a $50 gift certificate for some great food on Monday morning, Treasure Valley Subaru, play of the game. Phone lines are open. Emails open. As always, you can email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. We just do have some uh, breaking news this morning. Israeli Air Force has launched an extensive uh, attack on Hamas this morning, and we're watching that on uh, across three of our televisions uh, with bombings going on as the uh, war continues. Taking your thoughts on that this morning, um, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. You can also text us if you want. By the way, uh, texting right now, too. I mentioned uh, we were going to give you a chance to get these Freedom Brewfest tickets. Text. You have this hour, all this hour, to text us, I like beer. That's it. I like beer. 208-336-3700. You have up until just before 10 o'clock. We've got uh, free tickets, once again, to sample 
Your choice of over 30 different beers as well as wine and hard ciders from Northwest Craft Breweries at the uh, Indian Creek Plaza this coming Saturday. I'll be there emceeing the event, live music. They've got food and, of course, as you just heard, beer. Just text the words, I like beer, to 208-336-3700. Tickets valued $70 each. Now, if you want to get your tickets in advance, they're 35 bucks a piece. You can get them at freedombrewfest.com. But these are free tickets for you this morning out of everybody who... Uh, Texas in you will uh, be in on the grand prize drawing to get those tickets uh, just before 10 o'clock um, some emails uh, to get to we were talking about the the intelligence um, breakdown in all of this and I just did a check um, a few minutes ago on any updates on the intelligence um, Egypt intelligence officials uh, say Israel ignored warnings of something big that was coming. This was this was just released about an hour, hour and a half ago. Said amid mounting questions about Israel's failure to anticipate the unprecedented attack by Hamas, an Egyptian intelligence official said his country had warned repeatedly about something big that would happen shortly. Officials said Israeli officials had focused on their struggles in the West Bank and played down the threat from the militant group in Gaza said, uh, quoting here, we have warned them an uh, an explosion of the situation is coming and very soon and that it would be very big, but they underestimated such warnings. Mm. The Egyptian official who spoke on condition of anonymity told the Associated Press. Israel was... You know, they might even say we were ready for something big, but we didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah. Israel was caught flat-footed in the lead-up to the attack by Hamas, whose terrorist group broke through the border barriers to launch a brazen attack that has killed, so far, uh, 800 people confirmed dead, wounded uh, another over 2,000 with the numbers expected to climb. Um, The uh, former National Security Advisor, Tanet Nasu, said this is a major failure. This operation actually proves that the intelligence abilities in Gaza were no good. Rear Admiral Daniel Hagari, chief military spokesman, acknowledged that the uh, Army owes the public an explanation, but said now is not the time. First we fight, then we investigate. American officials said Saturday they received no warning through intelligence that Hamas was preparing to attack Israel, leading to confusion among some at how Israel failed to detect the signs of the rocket assault. So Americans, I mean, this is, I mean... U.S. has one of the best intelligence gathering facilities in the world, and they didn't have intelligence on the attack either. Well, maybe they, uh, you know, it was a secret attack, so maybe they just were able to keep it secret for a change. Which is shocking because that never happens. There's always something. And as the Egyptians said, hey, we told them that something was coming. But they didn't say what that something was. They just said it was something big. Sometimes they use code words like, you know, uh, on this particular day, we're going to be feeding the ducks or something like that. Uh, Terry in, or Kenny in CUNA, rather, writes in a text message, says, well, fellas, it doesn't sound like they're very intelligent. Correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't there warning signs of 9-11 that they uh, ignored here in the United States? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've always, I've always said intelligence shouldn't be called that. It should be called information. Mm-hmm. because intelligence indicates that, hey, we're really smart and we're learning things as opposed to just we're learning things. Uh, email on this, no uh, name here, 
says, sometimes I think you guys have your priorities so very mixed up and confused. Everything but on the mark. We've had an unbelievable uh, atrocity taking atrocity taking place with the possibility of the same thing happening here because of our open borders, and you giggle your way through football. Is that coach and team going to be helpful when the 40,000 Chinese Communist Party members that have crossed our border decide to attack us the same way that Israel was attacked? Get your priorities straight and educate your listeners. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. We can do two things at once. This isn't the only news story that's going on. It's not the only thing going on in our country. We've talked about this numerous times throughout the morning. It has let off every single newscast at the top of the hour all morning long. I don't know what the hell you're listening to. Or if you're just the type of person that would complain if they got shot with a new rope. There was an old Sorry, saying. we don't live up to your expectations. There was an old saying in there somewhere, parts of it anyway. I usually say that when uh, somebody makes such a stupid statement that I, that I have to make it really stupid mm-hmm. in return. Because remember, if you're talking about football, it means you don't care about war. Yeah. If you play football, it means you don't care about anything. Something else may important be going on. That's like running into a restaurant and saying, the way the world is, how can you people be eating lunch? Crazy week for politics uh, last week that will continue uh, into this week. Of course, the uh, Speaker of the House was kicked out. First time in history that that's ever happened. And then the first call of business uh, was to uh, take away Nancy Pelosi's office. Second call of business was to send everybody in the House on vacation. Where they were allowed to go back home. They're expected back in session tomorrow, so I'm coming back today, they are starting to discuss who will be Speaker of the House. First vote is expected to take place on Wednesday. There have been a couple of people that have already thrown their hats in the the ring, trying to drum up support while on that vacation. Closer to home, four members of Raul Labrador's staff quit last week. And quite a high rate of turnover. Well, <laughs> for a certain for a certain amount, you would expect that to happen, right? When you yeah. have a, a long time attorney general, he's pleasing even fewer people than he did when he was in Congress. <laughs> you expect some turnover, all right? That was so even possible. It's it, it, it's not it's not like this is unheard of because um, you had Lawrence Wasden, who had been in the office for a long time, um, you know, and when somebody new takes over, they're going to do different things that you may not like or you just feel maybe it's time to move on, which some of that could be here. Um, But that is one of the things that have happened. He had four staff that uh, quit last week. Um, He put out a statement saying nothing to see here. This is just normal turnover. I don't know for a fact if that is or not. The the people that have resigned haven't said whether or not it is. I mean, it's not true, but it is a good statement. (laughs) And then uh, on... uh, 
Thursday and Friday last week, you had Ada County GOP leaders have resigned to protest state parties, uh, quote, new oligarchy. Again, same. they're talking about the same stuff. So you, you've got um, a whole bunch of different things abroad, locally, and then here. When I say locally, I'm talking United States, and then here locally, um, you've got things happening. Uh, we'll delve into a little bit on uh, what's going on with the uh, Ada County GOP, um, but this isn't this isn't a normal thing. They're not happy. There was a statement put out just a little bit earlier this morning. Uh, we're going to read to you when we come back. Don't go away. Today from ten to one, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 921-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Don't forget, you want Freedom Brewfest tickets going on this Saturday, 1 to 6, Indian Creek Plaza. You can get your tickets, freedombrewfest.com, or you can win them right now. You have up until uh, about 9.55 to text, I like beer. That's it. I like beer. When you text that, you'll be in uh, one person at random is going to be chosen to get those tickets. $70 value, all yours. Once again, you'll be able to uh, hang out and party with me coming up this Saturday. I'll be MC uh, once again, uh, helping to host. So uh, get those in right now. 208-336-3700. I like beer. That's all you got to put in there. Uh, Kenny in Boise, listening on 93.1 FM. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Yeah, hey, Kenny here. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. Hey, listen, um, I want to go back on the BSU game. And I'm not a complainer, really not. But it, well, I know one other game plus last Saturday night's game, after, after the half, there's no more stats on the big board. They stay the same for the rest of the game. This happened twice. And so I'm hoping somebody from the BSU athletic department is listening and can maybe chime in as to why or fix that problem. Maybe they do like some of the people uh, leave the stadium to go uh, party outside the stadium at halftime. I don't know. Well, there was uh, there that was is weird. That is, that, but I stayed right there. Yeah, that is weird that they don't <laughs> yeah, uh, do that. They're not allowed to. The stats guys have to work during halftime. Oh, it's weird. It's weird that they don't update the stats after halftime since they're yeah, have it, to yeah, work there. There, there. there may have been a, a glitch or a problem or something because normally they would just you know keep them going. Yeah, no, and, and this is the second game that's happened. So I just want to put it out there. I hope they get that fixed because I really like to keep track of the stats. So. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Gordon, Council, listening on 93.1 FM this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hi, fellas. Hi, world. I wanted to switch over to the horror in the Middle East. And I, I was raised in my public schools to really believe in the Constitution and love my country and uh, and and respect all the institutions, but the education system did let me down. I went clear through you know like twelve grades of public schools, and I never heard a word about how the nation state of Israel came into being. And so some of your listeners may be as dumb as I was, but you know there was an army of Jews invaded Palestine in 1947. They, they took over lands, grazing lands, orchards, farms, houses, businesses. They rounded up all the people who owned these things and put them in concentration camps and, uh, and established the nation state of Israel. And, you know, those darn Palestinians that lost their homes and, and their property uh, are still sore about it. Um, 
and you know, am I am I the only one that didn't know that that's how the nation state of Israel came into being? I heard I heard uh, Netanyahu say that there was no legitimate Palestinian claim to land in Israel because God gave it to the Jews 3,000 years ago. Well, that's just a ridiculous notion, but that's the leader of, the current leader of uh, Israel. That's his view. And so these settlers are expanding their properties out into lands that have been in Palestinian hands for generations. They're making new settlements out there. And then the uh, Israeli police and military help them hang on to it. And they, they build walls around the roads that go out to these settlements to protect it, you know. Uh, and President Obama says, please don't keep making more settlements. It's just going to cause trouble. And some conservative talk show hosts spoke very unkindly about uh, President Obama sticking up for those darn Palestinians. Um, so that's, I just wanted to share that. Appreciate that. Appreciate the call. Thanks for the, the wonderful uh, service that you offer. Appreciate it. No problem. The uh, United Nations was in on that as well, however, try, trying to decide what would be uh, separated to make uh, you know Israel and, and what would be uh, what part would be allowed to be retained by the Palestinians. There was a lot of politics going on at that time. It was right after World War II. It's, I, I mean, sitting here from our standpoint as Americans and trying to make sense of this is really hard to make sense of because of not just the political makeup of the war, but because it also involves religion. And it's just not something that you know, in wars that the United States has been involved in. We we usually aren't involved in wars like that. And so it's hard for Americans to make sense about what's going on here. And we, we've talked about nine Americans have been uh, killed in the attacks in Israel that we, we know of for sure. There's an unknown number that have been taken hostage. We don't know uh, how many that is. But Americans are caught up in this. Senator Cory Booker was caught up in this. He was there. Uh, this weekend um, and had to take shelter in a bomb shelter in his hotel. He was out uh, on a run when the uh, bombing started. And now you're seeing uh, bombing going on. Israel has uh, started to bomb Hamas. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh wanted to uh, get to this this morning, and I told you I was going to bring it up. Uh, Ada County GOP leaders resigned to protest the state's party's new, quoting here, new oligarchy. Um, a statement was just put out this morning from the Ada County Republican Central Committee um, coming up after news on the way, um, we are going to talk uh, about that a little bit. And uh, we're also going to hear from someone who can tell us kind of from their side. Holly Cook is going to be with us talking about uh, from the Republican committee side what is going on here this morning. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the statement that was released. That's on the way after news next. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. Executive officers have resigned from the Ada County Republican Central Committee. The members are Chairman Victor Miller, First Vice Chair Megan Reichel, 
Second Vice Chair Travis Clyde, Third Vice Chair Barrett Tetlow, Treasurer Dave Litster, and State Committee Woman Kim Wickstrom. A press release from a lawyer retained by the six members outlined a number of reasons why high-ranking Republican committee members would resign from their posts immediately. In part, they cite the party no longer embraces grassroots voters and candidates, but has created a new oligarchy that values control, purity testing, and bullying tactics that are unrepublican. They also made reference to the recent party decision to abandon primaries for the upcoming presidential election and opting to instead hold a caucus. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the show this morning, Holly Cook, publicity chair of uh, 80 County Republican Central Committee. Holly, thanks for taking a few minutes uh, to explain your side of what's going on. Uh, I'm just going to start with a question. Um, can't we all just get along? Absolutely. That's our goal moving forward. I think that relationships been adversarial enough, don't you? Well, it sure seems that way, but it looks like it hasn't gotten any better, especially now that we've got um, these six leaders who have uh, resigned as of last Friday. Um, why don't you give us your side? I know you, you guys put out a statement here about an hour ago. Um, why don't you give us your side of what is going on here and uh, how you're going to move forward? Sure, and thanks for allowing us to do that. We appreciate it. So really what this boils down to is there are 21 voting members of the Ada County Republican Central Committee Executive Board. And it might seem like a resignation of six of those members is significant, but that's really only you know just less than a third of the voting members that are there. There are nine officers, 11 legislative district chairs, and our region chair. So the fact that they have resigned is not really that significant in the grand scheme. And I think, um, you know, they've cited their reasons in this lengthy, lengthy letter, but they're really just unhappy with the results of the convention, the summer meeting, the winter meeting, all the different decisions that have come about. But these things ebb and flow, and this is how it's gone for a very long time. And we have a big tent. There's lots of different flavors of Republican. And the difference is that the rest of the 15 members um, of the 21 are still dedicated to Republican principles, and they're not going to quit and abandon their leadership posts at a very important time. Well, it was mentioned that there were purity tests as far as they were concerned. What do they mean by that? Well, there were some rules that came down from the last big committee meeting that we had at the state party level. It was just recently held in Chalice, the summer meeting. And the Rules and Resolutions Committee adopted some things that they didn't like. And so they cited that those things made it in it, their inability to lead as a result. And, you know, we just have a different view. We disagree with that. And if they want to leave their leadership post, you know, a month before the an important municipal election, they can do so. And that's really unfortunate. But the rest of us are not going to quit. Now, and I get the fact that you say that, you know, the number isn't super significant uh, in the grand scheme of things. Um, however, it, doesn't it seem a little significant in the fact that all of them did it all at once? Certainly. Um, and I think that was a coordinated effort. Of course, they want it to be a big deal. But, you know, our party has been here a very, very long time. And, you know, these things have happened before as well. And we're going to regroup and fill those vacancies and continue forward. So if, if they want to quit, that's, that's their prerogative. Well, what, what were new rules that were adopted during the summer that they couldn't deal with? 
All those are available at idgop.com, the state party website. And um, some of those, I think they cited, you know, the there's a, a, a rule regarding due payments, which the Ada County Republican Central Committee has been behind on its dues. There's some internal disagreements that truly have been a point of contention within the committee for quite a, some time. And probably these resignations will make it easier for us to come to resolutions of those disagreements. Um, there's also uh, been a complaint um, uh, about a series of censures to Republican lawmakers who opposed legislation that would have allowed parents to sue uh, over harmful library materials or ban drag shows on public property. Um, is, a, is a Republican committee censuring lawmakers if they don't vote the way they want them to vote? There are some counties around the state that have done those sorts of things, but Ada County is not one of them. Is the counties that are doing this, um, is it supported or endorsed by the Republican committee, or is that something that they're just doing on their own? Well, that's, that's a good question, Mike. So all of these different central committees, it's kind of confusing, but we're all our own sovereign entity. So we have a sovereign state central committee, then we have sovereign county central committees, and we also have sovereign legislative district central committees. So there, are, it's very confusing when you hear that a central committee has centered someone or made a certain decision, but they all have the ability to do what they want to do within their own little sovereign group. So I can only speak on behalf of the, the actions that we have taken in Ada County, um, and we haven't made any sense, you know, had any censure discussions at this point. Can, can you be a part of uh, the Republican Party in Idaho and not be conservative? Oh, man, I think there are a lot of people that would say, you know, one way or the other. Um, but th- I mean, the rule is that you need to identify with our Republican Party platform and agree to the platform. So and if you run for office under that platform, we want to make sure that you're that you align with that platform. It seems like um, there's been uh, a lot of infighting over, especially over the last year. And I, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but it seems especially since Dorothy Moon was chosen as uh, the new uh, chairwoman. Do, do you see that as true or, or is this has been going on like this uh, for the last number of years? I think it's been going on a very long time. And I think people with opinions can often be controversial. And, and Dorothy certainly has opinions. But she's the leader of our party and is duly elected as such. And so and so was Chairman Miller and the folks decided to resign. But, you know, Dorothy hasn't left her post. Those six officers have left their post. So we will work together to fill their positions and move forward. But this has been going on for a very long time. I know there was an article recently about, um, I think, former Attorney General Jim Jones wrote about how... Back during when Barry Peterson was the chairman, there was a a big upheaval at that time, too. So this isn't new. There's always been lots of different flavors of Republican. And it's just a very small bump in the road that we will get over. But we're really laser focused on electing Republicans and working hard, knocking doors. There's a really important municipal election coming up. And that's what the rest of us are focused on.
Once again, we're talking with uh, Holly Cook, Publicity Chair of the Yeti County uh, Republican Central Committee. Uh, Holly, um, with all this going on right now, where where does the uh, committee, Central Committee, go from here? We will meet soon to elect or fill those vacancies of the six officers that resigned. And we're going to finish our important work on this local election. That's where we're, we're fiercely engaged. And then we'll look at increasing our relationship with the state party and also these resignations have triggered a necessary financial review so we'll look at our finances and regroup from there so we're moving forward as a more unified county committee um i just want one more question before we let you go and once again thanks for taking a few minutes with us uh to give your side of this um from the outside looking in uh, not everybody. It seems like most people are Republican in our state. But from the outside uh, looking in, I heard somebody say this weekend uh, after this story broke that it seems like that Republicans seem to be eating themselves. What do you What do you have to say uh, about that comment? You know, I think that is a perception for some people, and and perceptions reality for those people. But I think anyone that spends a significant amount of time inside, you know, the grassroots efforts, see that there's a lot of progress that actually happens we do agree to a lot and some people are really upset by the decisions and i think that's the case with these six people that have resigned and just that they can't handle those decisions Um, but i think leadership matters and if we want to achieve anything we have to work together and we believe in the republican and uh, the minority does not rule in that area holly cook Thank you uh, for, uh, first of all, taking my email this morning and agreeing to be with with us at a moment's notice. I appreciate uh, you taking time with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. That was Holly Cook, publicity chair of the Ada County Republican Central Committee. If you have your thoughts, we got one more segment on the way. Feel free to uh, weigh in. You want to talk uh, about the uh, Israeli war going on right now with Hamas, uh, you can weigh in on that. Go ahead and feel free to give us a call, or you can email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. We're also into a final few minutes. If you want tickets to Freedom Brewfest going on this coming Saturday, Caldwell, Indian, Indian Creek Plaza, 1 to 6 p.m., we've got a free pair of tickets, $70 value for you. All you have to do is text, I like beer, to 208-336-3700. One person at random is going to be chosen to get those free pair of tickets. Go ahead and text away. you got a couple minutes left. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.50, uh, final few minutes to text I Like Beer if you want the Freedom Brewfest tickets, live music, food, and of course, uh, beer, wine. Uh, you also have hard ciders. Uh, and once again, it's all going to be happening outside Indian Creek Plaza this coming Saturday from 1 until 6 o'clock. Um, we'll be giving these away all week. Nate Shellman will have some more tickets to give away for you this afternoon. If you'd like to go, text the words, I like beer. That's it, 208 336 We'll pick a winner coming up here in just a couple minutes. Uh, Ann Boise, listening on 670 AM this morning. Oh, Ann just hung up just as I was going to her. Ann, I don't know if it was uh, our fault that we lost you. Or if uh, you decided you didn't want to talk to us, whatever it was, if you did want to talk to us, 
and I accidentally hung up on you some reason uh, or somehow. I, uh, Go well, ahead and give us a call back. I wanted to mention this very quickly. Earlier we were talking about gas prices, and Derek looked this up, that Mississippi has the least expensive gas prices in the U.S. with an average cost of $3.12.4 per gallon. And there are the four states that border Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Arkansas, Tennessee, all have higher gas prices than that, but Mississippi doesn't. Hmm, interesting. And what was the, I, God, I was trying to say, I wish you would look up uh, Georgia. Also, I thought it was Georgia that uh, AAA had said was below $3 a gallon. Hmm. Maybe they're just, they might be just uh, finding places uh, in Georgia that have uh, gas that low. Yeah. Might not be the average. 315. Oh, Derek just looked up Georgia said it was 315. Still not close to what ours is. Close the the cheapest we have uh here. By the way, in case you missed the story we were talking about Costco 379, but you have to be a member of Costco, so it's a little more expensive than that. And for some reason that Albertsons on Apple is $3.81, which is 20 cents cheaper than I have seen anywhere else on my way to work and it's usually one of the cheapest places. I don't know why. I'd like, I'm, like I said, I, I joked this morning earlier. It's like maybe it's because it's so much closer to Utah than everybody else. But it's not that much closer. Mm. And I mean, Albertsons, all the other Albertsons, you would think then would be just since, the same price, but they're not. But, but yeah, since all the gas comes from uh, Salt Lake City. Yeah. I, I, so I don't know what the reason is, but if I, I mean, at 20 cents a gallon cheaper than what I saw it this morning, I'm going to have to fill up again this week. I mean, it may be worth driving that uh, extra wasting uh, gas to, to fill up. Uh, a couple of emails to uh, get to this morning. Clay Out West uh, writes in, the CIA and the FBI have much more important job than gather- gathering intelligence on international enemies, monitoring parent-teacher meetings, following Trump around, you know, really important stuff. That's why they missed what happened in uh, Israel over the weekend. John writes in, we, we mentioned the thing about the uh, uh, the people who are offering for a, uh, what is a doorbell video? Ring, uh, the ring videos. Or the ring video. Yeah. Uh, they're offering uh, a million dollars for proof of extraterrestrial life. And John says, extraterrestrial ring video. Anyone think Halloween? <laughs> yeah, all they got to do is send in, okay, is that an alien? No. Is that an alien? No. You well, can, and I, you can I, tell because they're all holding bags of candy. The, the uh, other thing is, it, this is going on between uh, now and November 3rd, so I, I think Halloween has something to do with this. And you got to keep in mind that beyond the $1 million, if you show proof of an alien being, then you get a $1 million. You don't have to necessarily show proof. You can, and it doesn't even have to be real, yeah. Uh, send in a video and get a five hundred dollar yeah. Amazon gift card for the best, most funny I mean, videos. Th- th- that's very flexible, but also very weird that they're going to give away money for uh, proof of extraterrestrials. But if you just want to mess with them, they'll give you money for that too. <laughs> if you're really good. Uh, George writes in uh, email. Uh, writes in. Remember when Trump left off to office? The world was stable, and the Iran regime was totally in a cage and ready to crumble. Uh, I, I don't know necessarily if they were in a cage and ready to, to crumble, but yeah, what was going on right now, it wasn't going on then, but I don't, I mean, you're talking a three-year difference. Um, 
I don't know. This is going to be something interesting to watch. Airstrikes are pummeling Gaza after rockets fired into Israel. Uh, that's going on right now. Um, it's starting to be nighttime, so we're, we've been watching it throughout the morning as they start to get into night, and we're just watching explosion after explosion um, in the Gaza Strip right now. Uh, Israel is uh, pummeling after the attack on Israel over the weekend. Hamas um, targets? Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll talk about more about this uh, coming up tomorrow tomorrow morning. I'm sure Nate's going to talk about this if you want to weigh in. A um, lot of breaking news on this uh, going on today. Um, so that, more of that will be happening once again uh, tomorrow. Um, don't forget, uh, he'll also have uh, some more of these Freedom Brewfest tickets to give away later this afternoon. And we'll have some more to give away tomorrow morning. We'll pick our winner coming up.